Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Well, we started last week. You know, I just want to just continue to welcome the welcome our Father, welcome the Lord Jesus Christ, welcome the Holy Spirit, because without Him, we can do nothing. And uh, I just want to humble myself before the Lord and tell Him I need His anointing, because without Him, again, I can do nothing. There's nothing worse than hearing a dry preacher, but it, there is something worse if you're the dry preacher and you want to get out before the people do. Anybody who's preached know what I'm talking about. If, if, if you're not hitting the note, you know, if you're not in tune, then uh, you don't want to keep on playing. So uh, last week we started a, uh, or I started the uh, a message on feast or famine relating to Thanksgiving, um, but it had to do with God's word is our food. God's man shall not live by bread alone. What you, what can, what did Jesus say you can't live without? His word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's not just something to memorize. That's not just something to quote. That's something to go after. I need the Word of God. I need the written Word. I need the preached Word. And I need the prophetic Word. And I need the words that's spoken to my spirit. God speaks to every man's spirit. If you're not, or man and women, if, if you're here today, you're, you're here because God spoke to you at one time or another. And hopefully that God is continually speaking to you. You know, and sometimes we don't recognize it. You know, I, uh, I used a scripture yesterday where uh, Jesus said, No one can come unto me unless the Father draws him. So you are here because at one time the Father drew you, but I believe that there is a continual drawing in, uh, in different ways. But today I want to talk about the healing power of the Word of God. And I not only want to talk about the healing power of the Word of God, but I want to get, uh, I want to, get to a place where we exercise. I activate you in speaking the Word of God. There, uh, we, you're familiar with the scripture that says, the sower sows the Word. Jesus, Jesus talked about there was four types of soil, but he only talked about one type of seed. That seed is the Word of God. And every Word of God is powerful and effective. There's not some that won't germinate. There's not, there's not any Word of God that doesn't carry the power to produce what it's sent forth to do. Uh, scripture says in, um, in Isaiah, 
My word shall not return unto me void. He says in Jeremiah, I watch over my word to perform it. So the scripture is clear that God's word is powerful and every seed carries, carries the power to produce. What's the problem? The problem is, is on the soil. The soil is not, the, the soil, the, the, the word does not have the responsibility of the soil. The soil is our responsibility. The soil is our heart. The first, uh, I'm not going to, this isn't even part of it, but there's four types. The, the, the wayside, which is like the sidewalk. There's the stony, there is the uh, thorny, and there is the good ground. The, thorn, uh, the, the wayside, there was, no, there was no produce because the enemy came immediately. In other words, I see, that, I see that soil there is, I don't need to hear what you have to say. I don't believe in the Word of God. I don't believe God. It doesn't matter. The reality is, is whether you believe in God or not, it doesn't change the fact that He's here. He is a reality. He is ever-present. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says that in all things, he has preeminence. Now, I'm discovering, and God's been talking to me a long time about this. I'm just slow to do anything about it. But it is affecting me that God has talked to me about doing a study on pride and humility. Well, why, why should I need to do anything like that? I'm already humble. <laughs> you know, like the old song, Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. <laughs> but I found out the more that I humble myself, the more, the more I see the hand of God moving in my life, the more I see the things I want to see coming into my life. And so, uh, you know, even Lord, anoint me. Lord, may your presence be what, Lord, I need you. I am humbling myself to tell him that I need him. And he is showing up. You know, prayer is really a humbling experience. Because you are telling God, I need you. I am not God, is what you're telling him. I'm not God. I need you. So hallelujah. The, the other soil, the, the, the stony soil, actually the word started to produce. But there were pressures. There were persecutions. There were the heat of the day. And the reality is, is that there was no depth. People get excited about hearing the Word of God, but there's no depth. Well, how do I get depth? I keep on hearing the Word of God and breaking up the stony ground. There's the thorny ground. The thorny ground is it's clear with that. It's the cares of this world. And I'll just bring it down to this. Worry. Do you worry? I'm not telling you, I'm not asking you what you worry about. I'm asking you, do you worry? That is the cares of this life. 
and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things. In other words, I desire other things more than I care about my relationship with the Heavenly Father. I care about other things more than I care about feeding on the Word of God where man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But I wanted to, I want to talk about today the healing power of the Word. Of, well, I forgot to tell you the good soil. The good soil produces... Turn to somebody and say, you look like good soil. You look like good dirt. I had one person get offended at me years ago. Years ago. Because I said, we're all dirt balls. <laughs> well, you're, what, is our, what, did, what did God make man with? The body. The dust of the ground. And then he breathed into us his life. Okay. But even in the good soil, did you notice there's three different crops? There's three different, uh, there's 30-fold, there's 60-fold, and there's 100-fold. Even though the word's planted, not everybody's going to get a 100-fold crop unless they continue and to humble themselves so that God's word can bring a produce or the, what he desires. But I want to share with you this morning that the word of God has healing power. You say, well, pastor, I confessed that one time and it didn't work. It takes more than one time. It takes more than one time. It's something that I live by. You didn't go to... I don't go to Outback every day. I would like to go more than I do. <laughs> but I've been to Outback one time, and I went again. I know Tracy won't go to Outback, but <laughs> there's a story behind that. But anyway. But, you know, I eat every most every day. I eat every day. And I've had salads and I've had hamburger. I, I haven't had a cheeseburger in a long time. But man, I'd sure love a cheeseburger. Well, I take that back. Uh, Melody wasn't home. And uh, <laughs> I had Maxwell with me. And I said, hey, what do you want to do? do you, you want me to take you to Burger King? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and so when we got there, he was the only kid there. And he said, I want one of those crowns. So they had a, a row of crowns, and he put it on his head. And he lit up. He said, Pap, I'm the only king in this place. I said, you are the only king in this place. You know, sometimes our perceptions will elevate us. Your perceptions and your expectations. Well, I want you to expect from the Word of God. The scripture says in uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, that we have, that Jesus has received a more excellent ministry. And we have received a better covenant based upon better promises. Say better. Okay. 
Now, let's just give you this illustration so that you can understand this. Let's say you're working at a place, and they have benefits. They have health benefits. They have retirement benefits. But uh, they, they bring up a new uh, contract, you know. And uh, they, this, in, this new co- in this new contract, you don't get health benefits. Would that be a better covenant? Well, that's what people have tried to say about the Word of God. They've said that the old covenant, well, God did the healing then, but in the new covenant, God doesn't do it. That was just for the old people. That was for them back then. Well, that wouldn't be a better covenant, would it? We have a better covenant based upon better promises. Oh, but we get to go to heaven. Well, they got to go to heaven too. Where did Elijah go? Elijah, yeah. Where did Elijah go when that chariot came down from heaven and took him up to heaven? Where did he go? He went up. He didn't go down. <laughs> so he had, they had the promise of heaven. But we have a better covenant based upon better promises. So, I'm going to ask, uh, let's just turn to, Ju- uh, not Jude, Third uh, John. It's a familiar scripture. We'll begin in verse 2, but I want to go on to verse 4. A lot of times we don't go on to verse 4. He says, beloved. Any beloved in here? Okay. I'm looking. Are you beloved? You loved. Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth. What's the truth? The word. Of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth. Listen to this. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. He didn't say hear the truth. He said walk in the truth. There's a scripture in Galatians uh, chapter 5 where it talks about the battle between the flesh and the spirit. And then he says, if you live in the Spirit, you must also walk in the Spirit. Now, I'll just relate that to another, uh, another scripture that you're familiar with. Well, no, I want to go there. It's in James chapter 1. James. Martin Luther didn't like James, but it's in the Bible. (laughs) And the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Okay? So, oh, yeah. So we're looking at, let's just start in verse 17. Chapter 1. I'm sorry, I thought I said that. James chapter 1, for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. 
Now, let me just say this. If every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, where's the bad gifts come from? Below. How low can you go? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. In other words, that means that God doesn't change. God isn't schizophrenic. God didn't get out of the wrong side of the bed. God doesn't need a cup of coffee before he gets started. You know, you, you ever see those things where don't talk to me until after. I love, I, you know, I used to love Steve McQueen. He's still like Steve McQueen. But there was a poster. You know, you don't know what to believe on Facebook. But there was a picture of Steve McQueen. And he says, I love coffee in the morning. And then underneath it, it says, be more, no. Yeah. No, it says something like, coffee doesn't talk to be in the morning. Be more like coffee. <laughs> I don't know if he said that, but you know, you can, you can take somebody's picture. You can even Photoshop. You can put somebody there that was never there. But um, anyway, so God doesn't change. God doesn't need a cup of coffee. God doesn't need to wake up. God doesn't, he, the Bible says he neither slumbers nor sleep. He doesn't need sleep. He's all powerful. He is all, he's got the energy. He goes on to say, he says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. In other words, you were, you were saved by the word of truth. You were saved by the word of God that we might be a kind of first fruits of his, uh, of his creatures. He says, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. How many of you know that already? How many of you have said things in which you could reach out and pull it back? Once it's out, it's gone. You cannot bring it back. But he goes on to say, he says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. Implanted. Turn to somebody and say, Implanted. That's not just hearing it once. That's not, my mother used to say it goes in one ear and out the other. No, that is a word that sticks. That is a word that is there. That is a word that is having an effect in your heart. So, he says, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Able to save your souls. Now, some people think that means it'll save you from hell. Well, sure, it'll save you from hell. But he's not talking about your spirit, man. He's talking about your soul. Yeah. I'm a soul man. That's James Brown. Anyway. But it's able to save your soul. Do you know what you need to be saved from? Yourself. 
You need to be saved from your old way of thinking. You need to be saved from your past habits. You need to be saved from that which is contrary to the thinking of God. That's why the scripture says in Romans, uh, it says not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. How is the mind renewed? By the engrafted word that's able to save your soul or your mind, your mind, your will, your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect. How many of you need your emotions saved? Your mind saved. How many of you need your imagination saved? And it's just my imagination. <laughs> Running away with me. Oh, it's just my imagination. Yeah, your imagination running away with you. I, th I used to like that song, and then I'd actually listen to the words. <laughs> this guy was dreaming about a girl, and it was in his imagination that he was having a relationship with her. But she didn't, she didn't even know he would existed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your imagination needs to be corralled unless you have the engrafted word which you begin to imagine positive, godly things. Kenneth Hagin used to tell a story. Man, oh my God, can use this next week. <laughs> Kenneth Hagin used to tell a story. You know, he... Uh, the doctors told him he didn't have long to live. And so every night he was bed fast. You know what that means, bed fast? You can't get out. You're in bed. You can't do anything. He was bed fast, but he would read the word of God. And, this, and his, and his uh, relatives got so concerned, they sent pastors in him to tell him to back off from reading the word of God. You know, getting too, getting too carried away. But you know what? He believed the word instead of the preacher. Hallelujah. He always used to tell us, yeah, he'd preach a sermon. He said, don't believe me. Read the word yourself. And that's what I tell you. Read the word yourself. You're not going to stand before Jesus and say, Jesus, my pastor told me. He said, well, did you, have, did you have a Bible? No, but I had an app. <laughs> did, you read your, <laughs> did you read your Bible app with 56 different translations on it? But he said he would read the Word, uh, but, you know, the doctors were telling him he was going to die. He had several, several fatal things. The heart was, all, was the one I remember, the heart, the heart disease. And he said he'd close his eyes at night, and he would see himself laying in a coffin. And he would see the preacher get up and preach the funeral. And he would see him close the casket, and he would see him carry him out to the to the hearse, and he would see the hearse drive through town, and he would see 
And he would see the service, the graveside service, and he would see them put him in the ground. They would see him put the dirt on, and he would see the summer, winter, spring, and fall. He'd see all. That was his imagination running away with him. But he kept on feeding the Word of God and feeding on the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to him and say, I think it was in, uh, in Psalm 91, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. And so the devil, how many of you know the devil talks too? The devil said to him, well, that's just for the Jews. That's not for the church. But we have a better covenant based upon better promises. Hallelujah, somebody, you're getting it. You're getting it. Well, he wrote, uh, make a long story short, I think it was Mark 11, 23 and 24. You know, um, well, 22 says, have faith in God. A, a better translation of that would be, have the faith of God. And then he tells you in the next verse how to do it. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith he shall have whatsoever he saith. How many times did he say believe? Once. How many times did he say saith? Four times. Some people say, think it's enough to believe. No, you got to speak it. Why? Because the sower sows the word, and you are the sower. It's not the preacher. Yeah, sure, the preacher's the sower, but you're also the sower. If you have the word of God, you are a sower of the word of God, and every seed has power. Every seed. Do you know that they, they have gone into those Egyptian uh, pyramids? Those people have been buried for 4,000 years, and they found wheat because they thought they needed it for the next life. They planted that seed, and you know it grew wheat. A lot of times the seed is just laying dormant. Is laying dormant, but we have got to plant the seed and water the seed. The sun will shine on the seed on the ground, and but we still care for the seed. You know, these farmers just around here, they just don't plant one crop. They don't plant one crop a year. They plant multiple crops. They keep planting. The more you plant, the more you get. You plant one seed, you might uh, one tomato seed, you might you'll get a vine. You'll get a bunch of you'll get I don't know how many tomatoes come on a vine, but the more seeds you plant, the more tomatoes you're going to get. And you know that each one of those tomatoes carries multitude of seeds. It's amazing. God said that as long as the earth exists, seed time and harvest will never cease. Seed time and harvest. 
Well, I'm not the only planter, and I'm not the only harvester. You're a planter. You're a harvester. The earth hasn't ceased yet, so keep on planting and keep on harvesting. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Jesus' uh, familiar scripture that we read, uh, we've thought about, he said uh, in, I think it's John chapter 8, he said, if you continue in my word, what does continue mean? Every once in a while? You know, uh, every Easter and Christmas. Every, just whenever I feel like it. No, continually. Continually. If you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Well, how many of you know that sickness will bind you? It will put you in captivity. You know, some people can't get out of bed because they're sick. Some people, well, you know, when I was growing up, uh, there was more of this teaching, you know, that everything was of God. You know, everything. We found out that God doesn't do everything. And God doesn't get everything he wants. If he got everything he wanted, everybody would be saved and nobody would go to hell. Because my Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, look, let's look at the old covenant so that we can determine that we have something better than what they had. Is that a good thought? Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. If you will diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God and do that which is right in his sight, I will give he says, and will give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. That's all his word. I will put none of, these, none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I have two thoughts I want to I give you. One is every plague that came on Egypt was an attack against their God. They worshiped the Nile. The, blood, the water was turned to blood. Every, everything. They, they worshiped the sun. So there was three, day, three days of total darkness. They couldn't even see. It's funny, over in the Israeli camp, the plagues weren't there. Better covenant. Better promises. Another thing. Well, let me just read this again, because I want you to get this. If thou wilt diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God and do that which is right in thy sight. In other words, if you hear what I say and do what I say and give ear to my commandments or my word and keep my word, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. There are people that have done history history lessons, and I've mentioned some of this before, but 
Do you know the Egyptians were the lead, they were leading in the medical field. Leading in the medical field. And Moses was raised up in Pharaoh's house and had all the knowledge of Egypt. He had all the medical, he had it all. And how many of you think if you lived someplace for 400 years, you would pick up some of the practices of the, of the community that you lived in? Well, here's one thing. They thought that if you would take cow's dung, donkey dung, uh, fly dung, you know flies do that, don't you? <laughs> And they would mix it in this compound, and you would apply it to an open wound. You would get, you would get better. Problem is, they got lockjaw from all the... Now, now, God said, if you listen to my voice and don't... In other words, he's telling them, don't do what you learned in Egypt. Moses was learned in all the wisdom of Egypt, so do you think he would have had a tendency? Because they didn't have the medical knowledge we have today. And you know what? The medical knowledge that we have today, a lot of it came from the Bible. A lot of it came from the Bible. Okay. Do you know that there were plagues in Europe that killed thousands of people. The Black Plague, Bubonic Plague, that sort of thing. You know, the medical profession could do nothing. The clergy started reading the Bible, and they found out that when somebody is sick, that leprosy was a problem in Europe, by the way. There's... And the Bible talks about leprosy. If somebody has leprosy, you separate them from the public. And so when the clergy found out about it, they started separating people from, uh, separating the, the lepers from the general population. And they started controlling the plague. Okay, where did they get that from? The Bible. If you will hearken unto my voice and give heed to my commandments. Okay, what's another thing? Lord, oh yes. Do you know back in the day, I mean before us, in Europe, they didn't have sewage systems. And the roads weren't paved, they were just mud. And so what they would do is they would go in their chamber pot. You know what a chamber pot is? Potty, potty, squatty potty. <laughs> and then they would just throw it out the window the next day into the road. Talk about the stench, okay? Do you know that fly? what do flies love to hang around? That's a nice way of putting it. But anyway, 
And they would eat that stuff, and they would go fly around. Have you ever had a fly land on you? you did you ask it where it's been? <laughs> did you ask that where it's been? Well, they started to die because of the spread of disease from the flies. Well, what happened? The medical profession couldn't figure it out. The, 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 the clergy started reading their Bible, and they found out, lo and behold, when I go to the bathroom, I need to carry a shovel with me. And after I do my thing, then I'm supposed to cover it up. And the Lord, Lord put it this way. He says, I'm holy, and I don't want to walk through your camp. <laughs> One of the worst things to me is stepping in dog poop. I don't know why it is, what it is, but anyway, that God said years ago, do you know that that saved thousands of lives? You want to hear one more? What? Oh, it's getting easier. There was a, um, the, the mortality, mortality means they die, right? Okay. Mortality, there was a mortality rate in, women, in pregnant women was extremely high. And the, and the procedure was that the doctors would come in in the morning and they would examine the dead woman first. And then they would go and examine the living woman. They did not wash their hands. They did not wash their hands, so they just spread it. There was a doctor that started, I don't this was a doctor that got this. He decided we should wash our hands after every examination. But they so, and I'm making a long story short, but they so ridiculed him because of their prejudice and laziness that eventually he went insane because he was totally rejected by the medical profession. And he's just, but you know what? When he, when he did that in his hospital, he was head of a, of a hospital for the pregnant woman, maternity ward. They started washing their hands in a pot and the death rate went down. But you know what the Bible says? Bible says use running water. Get a pitcher. Every time. Eventually, every time, when they started washing their hands, every, you ever see in the, uh, on the TV shows where they're scrubbing there? They got that from the Bible. B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> if you will hearken unto my voice and do that which is right in my sight, I'll put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. In other words, if you do what I say, the death rate's going to go down. Hallelujah. 
How many of you think that's a good way? That that would be good to read the Word. You might find something in the Word that that you're doing. You know, the Bible talks about honey being good, but it says too much honey is not good. All right. Thank you, Jesus. I think I'll just quit there. So I got, I got that far in my notes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that reminds me. That reminds me. I'm going to activate you because you are to decree a thing, and so it will be. You are to sower sows the word. Now, I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable because I found out that some of you people don't like to do one-on-one things. You don't like to talk to people. (laughs) Hallelujah. I didn't like to preach either. But uh, I got over it last week. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I found out, you know, don't, don't think too much of yourself. Just do it. Anyway, so let's all stand. Find uh, one or two or three people that you can speak to. And I don't care. You can be with your husband and wife. That doesn't matter. The exercise is this. You're going to be speaking the Word of God, okay? So say this. The Lord bless you. And keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and be gracious unto you, and give you peace. His word shall not return unto him void. He has said, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. May it be unto you according to the word of God. There shall no evil befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For the Lord has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And in his pathway is life. There is no death. I decree over you the word of God. And it is planted in good soil. And will bring forth 30 fold, 60 fold, and 100 fold in the name of Jesus. His word will not return to him void, but it will accomplish that which he sent it forth to do. Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And I have received 
the ministry of the word to speak life over you in Jesus' name. And I decree unto you that you are to choose life in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.